Let's Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. conversation in our Power Skills series is Dr. Corinna DeBrain. Corinna is the Managing Director of JVR Academy, a company that specializes in customized solutions to develop critical workplace power skills. As a registered counseling psychologist, Corinna has a passion for people development and has more than 25 years of experience in education, higher education, and corporate learning and development. We've seen that globally, there has been a dramatic increase in the demand for higher cognitive as well as social and emotional skills. These skills have historically been branded soft skills, but because they are so crucial to the survival and growth of a business, JVR refers to them as power skills. Some examples of these power skills include advanced communication, negotiation, empathy, adaptability, and resilience. We are looking forward to the series in which we will go into in-depth discussion around what it takes to actually develop these skills and the learning imperative that surrounds these. Welcome to our listeners. Joining me today for episode three in our Power Skills series is Dr. Corinna DeBrain. Dr. DeBrain is a registered counseling psychologist with more than 25 years of experience behind her. Our conversation today will focus on a skill, if it can be called this, many of us take a lifetime to master, and that is happiness. Now, perhaps it's not a skill, but more, but rather a more elusive and undefined than that, and which is probably why we also refer to it as an art. So, Corinna, over to you. How do psychologists define happiness? Hi, Karen. Sure. I think if you ask 10 different people what happiness means to them, you will probably get 10 different answers. And if you ask 10 psychologists how they define it, chances are good that you might also get 10 different definitions. But regardless of that, happiness is often described as involving positive emotions and love satisfaction. So on a basic level, happiness refers to a state of emotional well-being that we experience usually when good things happen to us. But more broadly, it can be described as a positive evaluation of your life and your accomplishments over. I quite like Steven Stein. He was a founder of multi-health systems. They also have an assessment that an assessment that measures emotional well-being and emotional intelligence. He describes happiness as the ability to feel satisfied with your life, to enjoy yourself and others, and to have fun. So happiness is a combination of self-satisfaction general contentment, and the ability to enjoy life. And positive psychology researchers describe it, for example, as the experience of joy, contentment, or positive well-being, combined with a sense that one's life is good and meaningful and worthwhile. And maybe we must just remember that happiness and emotional well-being is very subjective. So people have different ways to evaluate their own life. And some people, for example, would value relationships more. 
some would value emotional stability more, some would value achievements and rewards. And maybe what I also want to mention just is it's important to remember that happiness is not a state of constant or continuous almost euphoria. It's more a general overall sense of experiencing more positive emotions than negative ones. Happy people still feel a whole range of negative emotions as well from time to time. But it's in the long run, over a period of time or longer periods of time, it's happiness is more related to uh, positive emotions. I think that's very interesting. And I was just, as you were speaking, just thinking, I think some people equate happiness with that elatedness that you were explaining, almost the mania that would be associated with BPD. And that is not at all what it is. It's not that manic phase that you go into where everything's great and everything sparkles, but it is more of this kind of constant hum in the background that regardless or regardless of the context or what is happening out there in the environment or happening to you or what you're experiencing, there's almost an underlying kind of even keel of knowing that you're okay or that you are still happy, not necessarily elated. So I think it's quite a, an important distinction that you make. Yeah, and important to realize that even if you are a mostly happy person, there are definitely times where you will experience sadness and loneliness and boredom and frustrations and all of those things as well. But it's if maybe if we think about resilience, it's almost easier to get back to a state of happiness if you are generally experiencing high levels of happiness. Absolutely. There was another thing in your response that you added and that I think is really important and we've almost lost that ability is fun. I don't know many people that actually actively build fun into their everyday life experience. And I think, again, we think fun has to be related to something big or some a vacation or an outing or this or that. But there are ways to really gain that sense of fun in little everyday habits. And fun is important, isn't it? Even as adults. Absolutely, Karen. And also fun for each person looks differently. So for some people, there's, there's, there needs to be a lot of energy involved. Some kind of going to a, an amusement park and going on these rides. For some people, that is fun. For other people, it is reading a book. It's quiet somewhere where you you know, read a book. So there's different things. And we don't always have to think that fun is this, this noisy and this high energy thing. So it's different, but it's important then that people actually take time to, to practice those habits as well. Absolutely. So Karina, happiness, it's something people take for granted. We either have it or we don't. But why have you guys specifically included happiness as one of the power skills? We've never really seen it as a skill. It's obviously something important in life. But in the context of the workplace, etc., why do you refer to happiness as one of the power skills in the JVR Academy training? Happiness is quite powerful and quite contagious. So it's really not just a soft skill or a nice to have but it's really a power skill that gives individuals and organizations and the workplace energy to thrive in good times, but also resilience to, to go through the tough times. If you read the Deloitte's and the McKinsey's and the World Economic Forum reports, now I know emotional intelligence is not happiness, but I just quickly want to make that link. So if you read those reports, you will see that emotional intelligence continuously come up as one of the key skills of the for the new world of work. 
And over the years, we at JVR Academy has focused a lot on the development of emotional intelligence as a skill. Now we know that there's a strong relationship between emotional intelligence and emotional well-being and happiness. And although previously we've included happiness as an element of emotional intelligence, we've now decided to give it its own special limelight. And scientific publications, recent ones on happiness, are fascinating. For example, the Happiness Research Institute is in Denmark. And there is one particularly interesting study that impacts our decision to also focus on happiness in these times. And they looked at the impact of COVID on well-being. So that, that study was, was conducted in 2020. So it's very recent. And in the report, they published findings on the relationship between COVID and well-being and patterns of loneliness. And it showed that certain behavioral changes really seem to buffer against negative effects of COVID and also influences subjective well-being. Our decision to make happiness a power skill was, of course, also informed by other research. There's, there's lots of evidence that people who score higher on well-being, well-being assessments, for example, they have better social and work relationships, they make more money, they live longer, they live healthier lives. They also, it, happiness also provides satisfaction in the workplace. And happy workers are at least 10% more productive than the unhappy counterparts. Your happiness is really a driving force that feel productivity in the workplace and that feel um, well-being in the workplace as well. So we just thought, why not giving it, why not give it its own special focus? I think it's so important and as you've just said just the benefits of it are immense and certainly I think now that we mostly have stepped into the realm of knowledge work or knowledge-based work that employee well-being is so critical to what organizations are actually trying to produce it's no more we're not in that kind of industrial stage anymore we were producing hard products where it's easy and you can factory line people and you're trying to get that maximum productivity etc now we're dealing with people and people need to cultivate that sense of well-being actively. Absolutely. Fantastic. So we've touched on how happiness affects life satisfaction, but also job satisfaction, but also from an employer's perspective, how important it is if you're looking for an engaged workforce to really focus in on cultivating that happiness within them. How do hormones, so there's things that we can do outside of that, but how do hormones affect happiness? Sure. So I'm definitely not a specialist in this regard, Karen, but I we do know that there are a number of chemicals and hormones that can increase positive feelings. Some of these, like dopamine, for example, which is a neurotransmitter that, that's produced by a small region of the brain, and that helps us to feel the brain releases these neurotransmitters. When you do things that feel good or pleasurable, or when you complete a task. So it's also very often referred to as a pleasure chemical or a happy hormone. And of course, there's other hormones that also promote happiness like serotonin and endorphins and oxytocin. And we know that deficits in these kinds of neurotransmitters can cause a lot of signs and symptoms that are related to feelings of unhappiness, for example, negative or depressed mood, feelings of hopelessness, lack of motivation and difficulty concentrating. I think 
it's always important to, we say you can learn to be more happy. It is a skill, it's a decision, but one should never exclude the impact of biological factors on people's emotions and cognitions. Absolutely. So having said that, is happiness only an emotional state or is there a cognitive element to it as well? I'm always a little bit cautious to say that a specific emotion or feeling is just an emotion. So we often relate emotion to heart and thinking to the brain, but emotions actually sit in the brain. And the interconnected structures between the limbic system or the amygdala, as the part where the emotions are situated, and the prefrontal cortex where thinking and decision-making takes place, that link is quite strong. So happiness activates several areas of the brain, which obviously relates to, to cognition more. And I felt, if I think about the definition of happiness, we where we link it to specifically subjective well-being, it means that we are evaluating our lives. So in order to do that, we have to exercise like a cognitive judgment of our own satisfaction and a cognitive effective appraisal of our emotions. So there's, there's really a cognitive evaluation process involved. And I often think that happiness is a decision, how you frame things, how you think about things, all of those things impact your happiness. And the interesting thing is that happiness has an impact on cognitive processes as well. For example, your memory. So people who are more happy that their memory is very often better. They have better cognitive flexibility, higher creativity. Yeah, very difficult to say it's just an emotion. I think there's a very strong cognitive link to that as well. Absolutely. And I suppose it's one of the key things, one of the things you've just mentioned, which I think is quite key, is that ability to reframe, isn't it? Absolutely. I think with anything like resilience, emotional intelligence, the way you see the world, the way you reframe it, a very negative task can actually become a quite pleasurable if you just think about it differently. And if, for example, it's maybe short term and it's not taking over your whole life, definitely that's one of the ways that how one also develops emotional awareness is by working on how you think about things and how you reframe that. Absolutely. And my next question is really around with the state of the world these days, and we know we've got rising costs and we're just, we're coming out of the pandemic and the true magnitude of what we've been through is hitting us, but now also the realities, I know particularly in Australia, we're now starting to see the rising costs, the shortages of goods coming through, and we're trying to deal with all of that at the same time as just trying to get lives back on track. And I know for myself coming out of Melbourne, I think we were one of the most locked down cities. So even that, we're all pretending that we're normal, but I don't think many of us are after, mm. I think it was 200 and something days in lockdown. But mm. how do we start? Where does What advice can you give to everyday people to just start generating that happiness amidst this chaos that we find ourselves in? Karen, the, the, the nice thing about happiness is, yes, it does relate to personality and temperament and your level of optimism, but happiness is a skill that can be learned. And if you just spend a few minutes a day on practicing certain things, the research has shown that it can definitely increase your happiness and your well-being. And of course, if you if you have a high level of self-awareness in terms of your own emotional well-being, then at least if you know it's low, then at least I can do something about it. So we can actually rewire our brains and help us to almost more permanently 
elevate our levels of happiness. At JVR, for example, we've developed a what we call a happiness app. Now, actually, you must see how my colleagues have written that. So it's H-A-P, all small letters, and a big P. So happy app. The, the, the whole idea of that was to give people a tool where they can just a few minutes a day spend time on, on developing these things. And there's many things. We also know that something like an active lifestyle, eating healthy food, exercise, investigating your vision, or your sense-making of the world, showing self-love, expressing gratitude. And there's so many gratitude exercises, appreciating beautiful things, meditating. So there's just a whole lot of very practical behavioral things that, that you can do on a daily basis to, to help you through this. And it doesn't have to take the whole day. It can take three minutes a day. It's like with everything, you need to build a habit. It takes, what do they say, it takes 21 days to build a habit. But yeah, sometimes a little bit longer, but small things that, that you can actually do. I think that's so important. And I think just to end off our conversation there today, I think if people start realizing, and I hope through our discussion, just how important it is to actually sit and cultivate the skill, that it is something that can be developed, that you can reframe, that you, you can take active steps, but it does require a little bit of input from your side. But hopefully people will start prioritizing that process and just realize how important it is to actually just dedicate, even if it's five minutes, it doesn't have to take the whole day. Even if it's just five minutes, just to sit down and just take stock and reframe and put some of that analysis in. Be grateful. Do those activities. There is a lot that is available. And I know on your site as well, there are a lot of tools and tips that people can dip into to help that. But it is really something that they should start prioritizing because the benefits are immense. Absolutely, Karen. And maybe just to end off, one of the most interesting studies was done at Harvard University. It's actually a longitudinal study, and I think it's still running. It has been running for the last 75 years. And they started off with more than 700 men, and most of, I think there's about 60 people left in the study at this stage, and all of them in their 90s. But the, what was so interesting is that the, our relationship are actually one of the most important things in our lives in order to contribute to our happiness. So maybe also, yeah, I'll just go and investigate your connections that you have with people and the quality of your relationships and work on those. And that will definitely have a positive impact on your happiness as well. Absolutely. Thank you, Corinna. Dr. Corinna Brain is the director of JVR Academy, a company that specializes in customized solutions to develop critical workplace power skills. And of course, happiness, which is the skill we've been dealing with today. Together through their, their Power Skills series, which is sponsored by JVR Academy, we will be discussing the intricacies involved in developing the set of power skills that individuals need to develop if they are to remain relevant both now and in the future, but also live a better quality of life. Dr. Karina, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for joining me in discussion today, Corinna. I thoroughly enjoyed our, our chat and just being able to discuss and explore these concepts in a lot more detail. For our listeners who may be interested in building these power skills, either for themselves or for their teams, please contact JVR Academy. They have developed a comprehensive five-step program and are able to partner with L&D and HR professionals to create customized learning solutions for developing these critical workplace power skills. Mm -hmm.